Hi, I'm Darcy. And I'm Judy. And, and we're we are Women, Women of Watermark. Watermark. We welcome you to take this journey with us. We have over 40 years of communication and marketing experience that we're looking forward to sharing with you today. We're going to share with you our guests, uh, people that we've done business with, people that are experts in the industry, and really just have a lot of fun talking about marketing, communications, business strategies, and solving the problems that you might be having in your business. So welcome for the journey. We look forward to uh, engaging with you. Welcome to Just Wow. We're super excited to have Mike Holly with us today. And um, I want to tell a little story before we get started, Judy. I love stories. <laughs> so once upon a time, way back when, I was part of American Waterworks Association, California, Nevada um, section. And we had a quarterly publication. It was called The Source. And The Source magazine cost us both arms and our legs. <laughs> it was very difficult to have um, on-site staff put the magazine together graphically, try to get people to submit the articles. We weren't very good at getting advertisers. Right. It was a very large item uh, on our budget. Mm -hmm. um, for, a non organization, for a nonprofit, right? For a nonprofit professional. Nobody likes large items on nonprofit budgets. Well, on, on any budget, it, it just wasn't making sense, but we had great readership. It was something that people talked about at the conferences about source. And it was a good resource. It was a great resource. The articles were timely when we could get them out on time. Ah, that's the key. People think putting a magazine together, oh, we'll just toss it together and it'll be great, but it's not that easy. No. So for certain things that are evergreen, it was great. For mostly everything else, not at all. And so I happened to meet Mike through another organization and they came and said, we can put your magazine together. And that didn't work out for a variety of reasons. And then Mike went out on his own with um, some uh, some partners and came back. And not only was he able to put together a better magazine, laid out far better, really engaged our advertisers, but he was able to turn it from a expense item to an income item. And that is a beautiful thing. That is a wonderful thing. So Mike, why don't you introduce yourself now, now that everybody knows a little background of how we met, and we'll take it from there. Absolutely. Uh, well, as uh, Darcy said, uh, we met uh, when I was w with a previous organization, uh, but what my firm does uh, all that it does is produce high image, full color, glossy stock magazines uh, for trade and professional associations. And we've got uh, some, some clients big and small across the United States. And really our specialty is putting together, again, a, a really great communications program that's based around usually a quarterly magazine. Uh, that, like, as I said, was is, is done in print but backed up with a really nice digital edition and usually an app as well uh, and provided providing that to our association clients at, at no cost or financial risk. And a lot of, a lot of little pieces to that puzzle, you know, not, not the least of which is as Darcy alluded to the, uh, the advertising support that needs to be garnered. And of course that has to be done uh, very carefully and with a very, uh, with a very direct, but polite approach in terms of, uh, bringing in advertisers because quite often they're affiliated with the associations that are, that are our clients and certainly don't want to, uh, to upset anybody that's a, that's a dues paying member. I mean, you don't upset anybody at all, but 
for goodness sakes, it's, it's all part of one big family. Definitely. And, and do you find that a lot of them, sometimes you find members that are eager to be a part of the publication? Oh, absolutely. We, we get calls all the time, which is so unusual uh, in the advertising sales world. But that's we, we have people to contact us or contact our association clients saying, gosh, we senior magazine, we're really impressed. You know, how can we be a part? How can we advertise? And our, our favorite question, of course, what, what's it going to cost? Because then you know that uh, that you've got uh, a serious customer on your hands. Um, but uh, but yes, we get contacted directly. Uh, of course, we give everybody the opportunity, but but people approach us on a, on a very regular basis. And, and again, it's it's because it, we're we're all literally facing the same direction. Uh, the the advertisers that work with us are the same. Folks that usually are dues-paying members of our associations we work with, we see them at trade shows. Uh, they know us, we know them, and they, the associations we work in partner with, to of course, they really help us to pre- present a united front and show advertising in the magazine and demonstrate it as, you know, just one more way to demonstrate support and reach the market that uh, that the companies, the member companies, the associates are trying to reach. It, it's and we were having this conversation offline earlier. It's about that creation of community, and I think that's going to come in. I'm going to ask you this question, and, I, and it rolls right into that, I believe. But you know, what do you say to the people that say, "Well, print is dead"? <laughs> well, gosh, I, I'm betraying betraying my age a little bit, but I, I've, I've I've heard that message in one one form or another since uh, just about the late '90s, and it, it hasn't happened yet. And and while it it absolutely is true that in terms of dollars spent, and I'm not saying in terms of a good return on investment, but in terms of dollars spent, uh, digital advertising does make a bigger chunk of people's large companies' uh, marketing budgets these days. Uh, print is still very, very strong in terms of return on investment, in terms of uh, in terms of impressions per dollar invested, and there's a number of really good reasons for that. I, I don't want to bore you with them. I could send just links to studies, but uh, print advertising is very, very unique in that it sticks in the reader's mind, the readers of our magazines. Uh, the conversion rate from somebody who sees a print ad to somebody who eventually becomes a customer is very high. It's much higher than digital advertising. And as I said, too, uh, not only is it more effective, but when you really, really zoom in on what you're spending per advertising impression, uh, print advertising is and remains strong. And I don't want to denigrate digital advertising. As I said before, we we uh, provide all of our magazines. I, uh, we provide apps for them. We provide a really nice uh, online edition, a, a flip viewer version of them. You can check out through your web browser. Uh, but so far, and you know, we, we've tried, you know, I, I have nothing against digital advertising whatsoever, but what we found time and time again is that uh, companies big and small just aren't willing to pay for uh, pay for magazine advertising uh, if it's only, if there's only a digital component. People still like having something they can have in their hands. Touch they and feel. They and love the touch and feel. Exactly. So I'm going to stop you for a minute, Mike, because we've known each other for sure. a couple decades now, how have you seen the industry change from when we first met? Well, to what now? I've seen uh, has been uh, what I think is a really good shift. 
And I, I've seen this across companies that do what I do, big and small. And it's gone from, uh, gosh, I don't want to say that in the 90s, it was uh, the association publishers, uh, that the advertising sales, I don't want to say it was a boiler, a boiler room approach where it was all about the short term. It was all about quarterly goals. It was all about uh, ringing every dollar you could out of, out of every magazine. Um, but it, but it was very aggressive. You know, you're competing against everybody else in the world that wants to sell every form of advertising uh, when you're reaching out to, uh, to a potential advertiser. But what I've really seen over the last 20 years is, a lot more finesse, a lot more uh, adjustment to the fact that, again, you're part of a community. You you just are, and you you have to understand that you want to do what's best for your advertiser, not necessarily what's best for your bottom line. And that involves, you know, letting them know that you you recognize that, again, all their marketing is part of a package. There's a magazine advertising attendance at the trade shows, there's direct mail, there's email campaigns, there's webinars. And uh, just the acknowledgement that we're there to act more as a, as a partner rather than to try to sell a potential advertising advertiser or something uh, is really the biggest change I've seen, the, the move to a more uh, consultative approach. And the hyper-focus approach. I think that's where the association part and the the specificity of what you're doing is what makes it successful. Because, again, those communities are interested in whatever it is. Like with the work you do with us with Southern California Railway Museum, those are railway, railroad fans. and Enthusiast. they Enthusiasts. <laughs> and they are, they just eat every bit of information up they can. Now, not everybody, you can't, you can't, what they was spray and pay kind of, you can't just throw that information out and expect a bunch of people to be eating it up. It's very specific. There is a community that is eager and wanting that information. And those advertisers that want to reach that community, it's the best hyper-focused way they can do it. Well, and I also think it's a great way to share it. So you have life when you have a magazine, right? It's not just one and done. Mm-hmm. You're going to pass that on to a friend. Um, you might pass it on to somebody that you're interested in in joining the association or or that um, museum or organization, and say, hey, this is you know this great article I saw. This this is kind of what we were talking about the other day. It it has more life than um, just a link, and it turns into a keepsake at some yep. point. Absolutely. And again, this is true of of the magazine we're discussing, but again, across the association magazine industry, people look forward to getting. And, uh, to getting their magazine every quarter because that's why they're members of the association they're members of. Uh, that's that's where their interests lie. So it's not uh, uh, it, it's not something that's going out with a shotgun approach. You got people again that are eager to get that magazine and checking the mailbox for it. Well, I know it's effective. I'm, I'm going to brag on Darcy here for a little bit because I know that she has been actually, um, she's written several articles for various water-related magazine, Opflow, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the source. The source Where have you been in the source? Yep. A long time ago. And <laughs> it's interesting, you know, people are reading it because, you know, as soon as that article comes out here, come, you know, the phone calls and the Facebook messages and everything. And, and you know, they're really, they're really eager to get really good information. And content is everything. Content can be delivered in a multitude of ways, yep. whether it's video or digital or print. And all of them are effective. 
Mike, you mentioned that, you know, webinars and all these other types of things that people are doing. I can tell you from those experiences, especially in um, American Water Works Association's OpFlow, people called and invited us to be on webinars based on the content of the articles that that were were submitted. (laughs) So I think one feeds into the other quite nicely. Absolutely. It it, it, it absolutely does. And there's an undertone to the message, too. I mean, uh, and again, the research backs us up. I won't bore you with a bunch of stats. Uh, but readers take the content in a high image, well done, timely print magazine seriously because it's obvious based on the amount of expense, frankly, and effort and all the other little pieces parts that you mentioned in terms of juggling deadlines and gathering editorial because uh, readers know that it, it takes a, a serious effort to put that magazine together. And so they're just more likely to take the content seriously. But uh, but yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. If you can definitely send us those articles that you're talking about that have all the data, because oh, we, yeah, sure. we, with our podcast here, will uh, put those resources. That's the point of us being here, is to give resources to our, our community and our listeners. And so we would love that so people sure. can can uh, can get that. I have a thought, because I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna talk about the value of having someone that's professional do your magazine. And that really is goes beyond creative. It goes with, uh, like you had mentioned, the data drives better decisions. We talk, we love data. We're all about the data. What you were able to bring with your professional team, Mike, both in our previous sure. relationship and now with, with the uh, Railway Museum, is that we were able to bring a new way to present the data that's very visually engaging. Um, it doesn't look like you got a guy who was able to, to lay it out. And I think that really goes back to when an organization is trying to improve on their professional outlook, both to the internal and external audiences, something as what people may see, simple, beautiful, clean layout that's very engaging is so useful and so valuable. And I think one of the the strong points of your team is bringing that creativity of laying it out in a way that you might not have thought of because you've always done it the way you've always done it. And that sure. particular publication, sure. light years ahead, I mean, they had amazing content in their previous oh, publication. Yes. And it just wasn't getting the same, I think the same credit that it could when it was then put together so graphically enhanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, the content was the same, is the same, but yep. they would do most things in black and right. white because it was from the way they used to and they realized that, you know, it costs more to print in color and, and it, it it doesn't the way you do it and, and you put it together so nicely. And to the other point, I was saying how when you people are finding value because there's so much time taken to create a magazine that's visually appealing, it's kind of like how marketing changed with direct mail. Um, it's not that direct mail doesn't work. It's just people got have been inundated with uh, direct mail and, and oh, yeah. emails that now when you write a letter and it's hand-addressed, that suddenly rises to the top of the pile because that is uh, people are, are noticing that somebody took the time to personally put that effort and energy into it and that uh, I think that's kind of similar you know we we get inundated I think a bit much with the digital and it's just really quick go now 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 so people are recognizing the value of doing something really quality I think it also touches on the point that people read and absorb information differently yep. some people want to hold that paper 
right? Some people, even if you send it digitally, they print it out, <laughs> right? So they want to hold that paper or they want to hear it if it's audible. You know, what, whatever those, those key areas of that, how they learn best, how they digest information best, you know, by limiting them to either a direct mail piece or just digital or just print, I don't think we, we acknowledge what we know is that people learn differently. Exactly, and, and take information in differently. There are different learning styles. I get that. Uh, and, and again, it's one thing to say that, uh, that people retain the information they read in a print magazine a lot better than they do from a direct mail piece or uh, uh, and a web ad or an email ad that comes in for one week and then disappears forever. Uh, it's another thing. And I, I really wanted to look up this quote. I think it was by George Will before we made the call, but I just wasn't able to. Uh, but uh, the quote goes somewhere to the effect that the best intelligence gathering agency in the world uh, is the free market of the United States. And, and that really, really hits a home run in terms of the business we're in. And uh, because, again, people are going to they got a lot of different places to spend their dollars. I, I said that before. Uh, whereas with our advertising-supported print magazines, our, our sales actually grew uh, right through COVID on existing projects. Um, it, it, and it continues to grow. We, we're, we're doing better than ever in terms of uh, advertising response. And people will dip their toe in the water and might advertise for an issue or two in a quarterly magazine just to, you know, quote-unquote, try things out. But we've got over a 90% uh, retention rate in our advertising base and our publications. And people aren't going to keep doing that year after year if they aren't getting the return on the best investment they've been planning on. Exactly. Uh, people have, like I said, they have limited budgets. And, and that's really where the rubber hits the road is that people invest again and again in the platforms that we produce, the magazines we produce. And, and that really says it all. That really says it all. So when you're approaching a professional organization or a nonprofit and the answer is no, right? Because a lot of times the first reaction of something you don't know or understand or it seems too good to be true, so it possibly can't be. What are some of the things that <laughs> you respond with to those organizations, especially ones that are solely volunteer, volu volunteers run them, right? That sure. That's their horsepower. That's everything. There's no professional staff. The volunteers are putting this together. What's some of the um, information you provide them so that you can help them understand that really, yes, is the best approach? Well, uh, and again, at, at the simplest level, uh, what I try to communicate is that we're there to provide uh, uh, a publication program to them, again, usually centered around a quarterly magazine that's there to boost their image. It's there to reduce their costs. It, it's there to enhance communication with their members, but also not to put more work on their plates. Yep. And, that's, and that's the biggest challenge I have, my partners have, is that uh, we're there to make their lives easier. Uh, we're there to act as an extension of their staff. We're there to act as the graphic designers and the sales reps and the editors and all the other staff that a smaller organization may not have. And, uh, uh, and really the best for that is word of mouth, because of course we've worked with people, you know, sometimes for, for over a decade that they can tell them that uh, that is the way we approach business. Um, but that, that's, 
that's usually the approach that I take. I think the word of mouth was something else that um, we experience oh, ourselves. It's definitely, yeah. you know, getting a referral from yeah, a friend or, or another client is oh, absolutely, absolutely the best compliment you can give. Exactly. So one, one final question. Um, what are some of the creative ways that you have devised to help the organizations that you work with? I think the biggest thing that we've done is, I mean, I remember somebody as a previous business partner to ask me why we did something a certain way. And I, I mistakenly told him that uh, the way we've always done it, and it's really been successful. Do you want to, do you want to make change for the think of making change and it's can be very easy to get entrenched when you're successful you know when when revenues are where they should be your clients are happy uh, uh, your your customers are happy it can be very easy to keep doing things the same way Uh, but I think the best thing that we've done especially over the last few years is keep growing in channels you know we were doing digital editions of all of our magazines uh, before uh, competitors that even you know put together uh, uh, put together a strategy for it. We were doing apps on uh, we're doing iPad apps and Android apps for all of our magazines uh, before even some of the some of the bigger players in the market did. And but I, I guess the way to put that in a in a nice neat package is you need to always look for ways to keep building value. For the associations you work with, you, you cannot stand still, uh, uh, or, or you'll get uh, you'll get run over by, uh, by <laughs> absolutely. Else, basically. If you're standing still, you're going backwards. Well, in in most professional organizations, Mike, you know, people age out, right? They're very active when they're different levels of their career, and then when they go to retire, they may be legacy members of some kind, but that the way they did it is not necessarily how the the person behind them that's coming up through their leadership ranks is going to do it. So I think your point of always looking for new ways and and adapting and changing because the organizations themselves are adapting and changing. I think that's spot on. Just got to ask yourself what more you can do. Always ask yourself what more you can do. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. We look forward to getting those statistics that we can put along with this podcast. Any final thoughts before we go today? I just want to tell you, Mike, that you have been a great asset and partner, both um, in previous organizations I worked with and now with Southern California Railway Museum. And the professionalism that you bring to the plate really makes a difference. It's a game changer. Absolutely. And so when people say print is dead, I really hope they think again. It, 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 it's alive and thriving, alive and kicking. <laughs> we love it. Thanks, Mike. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For more information, visit watermarkassociates.com. That's watermarkassociates, all spelled out, forward slash podcast. You'll find today's resources on there and you'll have the opportunity to give us your comments or suggestions for future episodes. We look forward to you tuning in for the next time and hopefully we'll hear what you have to say. 